right. So welcome to the Bill for the Trades podcast. This is your host, Dan Dowdy. And today we're going to talk some customer service talk. I have the CEO of Power Selling Pros, Zach Garside here for me today. Zach, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dan. Super excited to chat with you. Always yeah. So Zach and I were hopping on for pregame. We we're like, we know each other. I know I've met you somewhere. <laughs> so we're going to we're going to uncover that in the podcast, I'm sure. But um, as we get started, I just wanted to talk directly to the audience and just let y'all know that our, our focus is to grow this audience organically. And the way we do that is if you could just take a few minutes and subscribe and then share this with somebody else that you feel would have would gain value from this episode as we talk through um, customer service, the do's and the don'ts and the different opportunities that Power Selling Pros offers. But also, when you think about customer service, Zach, it's not just customer service reps that are answering the phone. I mean, customer service is anywhere in our life. If we can take some of these principles that y'all teach here at Power Selling Pros and just apply, apply it to our leadership, we would gain influence, right? Oh, what a beautiful statement. We can end it right there, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Customer service, I define customer service in two ways. There's two definitions. One is always doing what's right over what's easy and what benefits all over what benefits only yourself. And mm. the second definition is making sure that you always leave a person better than you found them. Oh, that's good. Always. That's it. That is good. Do what's right over what's easy. That's right. Wow. Awesome. Well, let's dive right in, Zach. I mean, I I want to start just kind of at the beginning of your journey of, you know, how you've gotten to where you're at today as a CEO of Power Sling Pros, um, an amazing company. And um, I'll, I'll actually share with the audience. I'm actually a level four Power Selling Pros. Yeah, let's go. I've been coached in the program. I'm ready to rock, you know, so it's a I'm here to verify that they have a really great uh, coaching program and I've used them with myself and my team in my home service business. So, um, but anyways, Zach, let's go back to you. Tell the audience your story. Absolutely. Um, yeah. By the way, when Dan says level four, that means he's fully certified. There you so go. Certify your CSR like you certified <laughs> someone else. Uh, 2015, I got back from serving a two-year service mission for the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I went to Africa for two years. Oh, wow. And uh, when I got back, I've always had a thing for public speaking. It's one of those, it's one of those things that I just really get a kick out of. I love doing it. And Brigham knew that at that time, because he and my dad were actually friends when I was going, when I was growing up, going through high school and stuff. Really? Yeah. So, um, and I had done like I was a student body president in high school. I gave space, gave speeches. I would speak in church and, uh, you know, Brigham had seen that when I was growing up. So when I returned from my mission and started going to college, Brigham came to me and said, Hey, why don't you come and take some of those speaking and missionary skills and use them to teach customer service people? So I said, what the heck, let's do it. <laughs> and I became a, I became a CSR coach. Really? My familiar. Yeah, that's right. My familiarity with the trades uh, was limited, but I my dad owned a locksmith business for 20 years. Oh. And uh, I mean, it's brutal, brutal stuff running a trades business, right? I remember my dad, uh, he, you know, we lived in Utah. His business was in California. So he would literally sleep on a cot in the office of his shop and then shower at the gym at 5 a.m. every day when times were tough. It's... uh. 
so I, I don't understand. I don't like to say that I understand what it's like to run a trades business. Yeah. But I, but I've seen it and I, and I empathize deeply with it. Um, so the chance to come into power Slim pros work with the trades and you know, use the skills that I have to teach customer service people how to wow the customer every single time mm-hmm. is how it really began. And I did that for how many years did I coach CSRs for? I probably coached CSRs for five or six years, probably five years. Yeah. Uh, at, at that point, I got more involved with the management in the company. I ran the marketing and sales departments up until about four months ago when I became CEO. Wow. I love that journey, man. I love to hear that you started, you know, where, where you were needed, right? And you worked your way up and you've been there what, seven years now. Yeah, seven years, which is crazy to think that seven years is like veteran status in most companies nowadays. <laughs> like, yeah, and, and, and you're only supposed to stay somewhere for two years, right? Yeah, it's wild. I mean, my, all my all my friends, right? That uh, I went to like I went to school with. I mean, when I tell people that I'm close with that I've been at the same company for seven years, they go, "Whoa, that's a long time." <laughs> it's really not man like compared to how things used to be uh, yeah whatever whatever that two-year itch you know yeah but, uh, that's a whole nother conversation but yeah. yeah i mean that's that's really cool that you've put in the time um i know the effort it, it takes to to coach people and to coach customer service reps and to do what y'all do it's not just a a simple little session where you're sitting there listening to zach tell you what to do it's role-playing and the whole nine yards, listening back to their their actual calls and grading. One, I know we'll talk more about that here in a little while, but yeah. I want to go back a little bit to your story and, and ask you a few more questions. So why did your dad live in Utah and run a locksmith business in California? Because he's a man of sacrifice. He does what's right over what's easy. Really? In two th- So in 2006, we lived in Southern California. In San yeah. Pedro specifically is where the business was. Yeah. Uh, I was getting ready to go to middle school, but right before I was going to start middle school, this big gang fight broke out and my mom was horrified, did not (laughs) want me to go to that school. Uh, you know, the schools in the Los Angeles area, I mean, I've never gone to any of them, so I can't say, but you know, the, they got like big gates and, uh, security on some of them, barbed wire fence. Just not the kind of environment my parents wanted us to grow up in. Yeah. Plus all our family lived in Utah. Uh, I still love California, but they wanted to move here. So they're kind of wrestling with the decision, right? What do we do? We own a business here, but we want to raise our kids in Utah. So my dad decided to commute every Monday. He flew from Utah to California and every Friday he flew back for 13 years. Whoa. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Wow. Um, as a teenager, you just, you know, it's a lot, but you don't fully comprehend it. Now that I have kids of my own, I'm just completely in awe at that level of sacrifice and to be able to do it for that long too. Yeah. You know, it's crazy uh, time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad I asked. I mean, I'm sure somebody out there was wondering the same thing because that seems like quite the sacrifice but now i understand why you know i was thinking well there's definitely got to be locksmith uh, jobs out in utah but he already had the established business so i could see that and yeah. so you, you live out in, in uh hiram right hiram is, is that how you say it 
Right. Hiram, Utah's best kept secret. Yeah, you said that. So now you got to tell me, <laughs> why is it the best kept secret? <laughs> <laughs> it's because no one lives here yet. Well, I guess there's it, it's growing. It's growing. But Salt Lake City is so dense. There's so many people. My wife and I tried living in the Salt Lake area for about a year. We lived in this mm-hmm. apartment complex and it was just you're living on top and you know the development of salt lake city is like you're living on top of each other townhomes apartments and uh, we wanted our kids to be able to play somewhere i remember one day my wife was so desperate to find a place for our kids to play that she literally walked with the stroller to the parking lot of a soccer stadium close by to let the kids run around in this empty parking lot <laughs> like we need to find somewhere else to live where the kids can actually play and we don't have to find an empty parking lot to do it in so we uh we found Hiram yeah my wife one day says let's move to Nibley Utah it's like middle of nowhere I go Nibley what is in Nibley but she convinced me to come look and uh we actually just randomly came across some friends in this area so we live in we live in Hiram Utah now man there you go. I, I'm about 10 minutes away from having no internet connection is where I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, yeah. So my wife and I moved out to, to Lampasas, Texas. When I say Lampasas, they're like, where is that at? I like, know oh, it's about 45 minutes northwest of, of Austin. Everybody knows Austin. Yeah. But is this, you know, for us, we, you know, we've been married 18 years and it's, we've always looked for a, a community where we could plug in. And I have four young kids where we can just find a good church and, and find good friends and, and uh, we moved six times in our marriage before we actually found this place. And we're really, really nice. glad we did. So, and when I moved here two years ago, running an online coaching, podcasting, training business, right? Um, everybody told me, don't go to land passes. Their internet's kind of rough. <laughs> and uh, I moved here anyways. And guess what? Got my office downtown and they had fiber internet just came in oh, land passes. Oh. So look at that. It was perfect timing. Yeah, that's awesome. We're yeah. still we're still a little bit on the edge of the internet thing, as you experienced when I first got on the Zoom call. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us more about your family and, and and just some of your hobbies and things you enjoy doing there in Utah. Oh, great question. Well, I have three kids, five and under, so I enjoy quiet trips to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, man, we got a beautiful family: three kids, five, three, and ten months old. I guess eleven months old now, almost a year. Man. Um. You know, my wife and I got married seven years ago, like three months after I started working at Power Selling Pros. We got married. Uh, at the time, she was a she was a phlebotomist at a plasma donation center where you go in and donate plasma for money. And I was a CSR coach, which was, uh, yeah, man, it was a fun time. And now today we have a beautiful family. We just love, uh, we love the mountains up here in Utah, you know, going Going jet skiing, boating. Yesterday, last night, we just went, rode some razors up in the mountains with some friends. You know, do you know what razors are? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. 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 That's pretty big out there in in, uh, in Utah. Yeah. When I first area. moved to Hiram, I thought it might, it might be a requirement to live here that you have a razor because it's just people driving through the streets. You know, it's a very, very casual thing. I got my 10 month old in the front seat with me as I'm driving to the gas station in my friend's razor. It's a beautiful thing. That's the kind of stuff we love. My favorite pastime is playing catch though. If somebody walked up to me with a baseball or football and said, let's play catch the rest of my day, I could spend doing that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. I just love it. Uh, that's a, the simple things in life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
So before we dive into Power Sling Pros and talk about all the great services there and how they how the trades, you know, business owners and managers and customer service reps could really benefit from what you offer. Um, I just want to talk more about leadership because this podcast is all about growing your leadership, you know, through stories and and people that I'm interviewing and just experiences that we can share. So seven years at a business, um, starting pretty much from the ground and moving up, right? Um, you came in there at, at a, a CSR coaching level. Now you're the CEO. What do you feel like one of the best attributes to achieve that kind of growth in a business? As an individual or as a company itself? Just as you and the company. Well, as an individual, um, there's a uh, there's a really powerful book called Turn the Ship Around. I I've never actually read the book in its entirety because I actually don't know if it's that well written. The author was a former nuclear submarine captain in the Navy. Mm-hmm. So uh, his ideas are beautiful, but sometimes the way he writes them and teaches them is way over my head. But he, <laughs> I basically learned from this guy uh, how powerful it is when an employee in a company takes initiative. You know, mm. rather than waiting to be told what to do, simply comes and tells the boss, here's what I'm going to do. And I lost, I latched onto that idea very, very early on. I think like a year into my time at Power Selling Pros, I thought that the way that our, our material and coaching content was kind of disorganized mm-hmm. in terms of how we had it accessible to coaches uh, to get to a certain, if I wanted to play a phone call for you to demonstrate it felt like there was a lot of friction to get there. So my wife was working late shifts at the plasma center uh, before we had any kids. And I was just, we, were, we didn't have any money. So I just was sitting at the apartment all day long. Like, what am I going to do? I'm going to build a website. So I went on to uh, Wix was the website builder I found. And I built a website for our coaches at PowerSlam Pros that had all of the phone calls to play in a coaching session, examples, videos, coaching content, questions to ask CSRs, like basically it structured the whole CSR training program on this website. I didn't tell anybody I was doing it. And then when I finished it, I basically went to my boss at the time, who's, who's Nathan Dickinson, Brigham's brother. And I said, Hey, look at this thing I made. What do you think? And to this day, it's what we use for all of our coaching material. I did that with, I did that with less than a year of experience at the company. No one told me to do it. No one taught me how. I just kind of self-directed. And I attribute that experience. That that experience isn't the reason I'm the CEO now. But what yeah. I learned about how to take initiative, not wait to be told what to do, and uh, you know, do something that solves a real problem in the business. Mm. Uh, just like continually applying that mindset over and over and over again is, in my opinion, the main reason that I've been able to grow here and and build a career for myself in a business that everybody told me I'd never be able to build a career around when I started working here. Really? My, my college professors, my friends, my peers, mentors over and over and over again during those first four years that I worked here would constantly push me like, don't, don't settle at that company. Don't stay at power selling pros, find something else. You know, you're not going to be there for very long. This is just to get you through college, you know, keep, keep your eye on the next thing. And 
so I did look for other things. At one point, I even left PowerSign Pros for about four months to work at a tech company. Really? Yeah. But um, they were all wrong. They were all wrong, man. You can, uh, you can figure. I don't even know how to describe it, but like the, the, the blue collar industry, the trades, the opportunity that is in these small, medium sized businesses to grow, build wealth, gain ownership, have a career. Yeah. It's just, it's not as sexy. Therefore, it's not as popular, but it's unmatched. Uh, based on my experience here for seven years, I would rather work in a small to medium sized business, particularly in this industry, than the biggest, most well funded technology venture backed company any, any day. It's just, it's no contest if you have the right mindset to it. But if you are waiting to be told what to do all the time, if you constantly mm -hmm. need that instruction and hand holding, yeah, go work for like a tech company that has constant instruction and, you know, and, or some other big firm that treats you like you're just a number. You'll fit in great there. Huh. But if you want to unleash your creative potential and, uh, you know, your ability to contribute real value in the world. Do you know Josh Zolan? He runs the Blue is the New White podcast. I don't. You should, you should connect with Josh sometime, have him on your show. But he and I joked about this because there's a video on uh, that was going around Twitter one time of this guy who works at TikTok. Yeah. Sharing his average day at TikTok. And it's like, you know, he just sits around, eats snacks, gets lunch, hanging with the homies, as he says. It's like no actual work happening there. Oh, and uh, me and Josh kind of point out, like, we should do a campaign recruiting workers to the trades that points out all the parts of these sexy jobs that are only made possible because of the trades. And Josh, Josh called it, my profession built your profession. Oh man, that's good. <laughs> Isn't that great? <laughs> that is good. Yeah. yeah, I uh I mean, hearing you talk about taking initiative, I have a couple, I have a story, then I have a couple different questions I want to ask you about that. But I was just doing a presentation at, at a PHCC out in San Antonio on my it's called the three steps to attract and retain top team members. And as I as I'm building this this talk, and I've I've been giving it quite a bit, it's I'm thinking in my head as a leadership coach, like, oh, we're thinking about like the next service manager or general manager or an office manager. But when I ask in the room, who is their avatar? Like who is their top team member that they're looking to attract? Their answers were people who take initiative and who have good core values. It wasn't about position. It was about the person. And uh, it was just eye-opening. And every time I go out and give that talk, it's usually the same story. People just want people who have good core values, who are there to take initiative. And so now as the CEO of the company, I'm curious, is there a, like a method or a way that you can instill taking initiative in the people you lead, or is it something that they come with already? Hopefully they come with it. <laughs> it's, hopefully. It's rare. it's rare. That's what I'm asking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm realizing that now Yeah, uh, that it is, it is rare. I've learned a lot from Brigham over the years, but the, the thing that I've learned in the four months, right? I'm only in the four months. I've been the CEO of the company Yeah, is the power of one on one interactions. This is what makes our coaching program work at Power Slam Pros, right? Mm. We don't just come in and do training with everybody at once. We coach CSRs one-on-one, -on -one, give them feedback on their calls. I, We have an all-hands meeting with our whole company every Monday. 
And for a month or so, I, in the all hands meeting, I would share this same message in different ways each week. Yeah. Trying to, to share a specific uh, lesson with the team. And I just felt like it wasn't really getting there. I wasn't, the, the point wasn't really hitting home with people. So I hop on the phone with one of our coaches uh, after four or five of those meetings to get feedback on something entirely different. And she says to me, you know, Zach, you've been saying things like this on our all hands meetings for like several weeks now, yeah. but it never hit me. I never understood the importance of it or even what you were trying to say until right now in this one-on-one -on -one conversation. Wow. And that was a big aha moment for me. Um, because leadership is not efficient like we want it to be. It's not management. And I think sometimes when people ask questions like, how do you bring out the initiative in your people? Mm -hmm. Or how do you get them to be motivated or imp improve their performance? We oftentimes are looking for very efficient methods that can essentially get, get, the, get the whole or the majority of the team all at once. Mm. And I think that there are certainly ways you can do that. But nothing works as well as a one-on-one -on -one conversation with a person. Hmm. Nothing works as well as sitting down with each individual person and saying, first of all, what's on your mind and understanding where their head is at. Uh, you know, when people feel understood, I think then they will open up to the possibilities that you want to share with them. But the one-on-one -on -one interactions has been a very, very important, powerful lesson. Now, as we grow and get bigger, we have 40 or so employees here at Power Slam Pros. Yeah. So it's very time consuming. Hence why so many leaders want the efficient method. <laughs> just pushing uh, down the memo do yeah. this <laughs> and don't back talk <laughs> it's, it's the biggest reason business owners reach out to us right is they yeah. say i've been telling my csrs these things over and over and over i keep saying it it's just not hitting home with them and then when we go in and coach them for a couple months they're like how'd you do it i said honestly i think you could probably do it too it's just the one-on-one -on -one interaction you know having that somebody to talk to we were human beings that were meant to interact and have close relationships. We weren't meant to just be broadcast everything at scale. Yeah. Yeah, so. you're right. And a lot of people won't speak up in group settings and, and you really can't connect with everybody in a group setting. Right. And so what I'm hearing from you is the power of one-to-ones is really in building the relationship and being curious about the other person that you're interacting with. And um, doing your best to empathize with them and understand their perspective of where they're coming from. Because just because as a leader or CEO of a business, we have a great idea that we're going to pass down. We don't always realize how, how it's going to, all the dominoes are going to fall. And we really don't always realize how it affects that person on a personal level either. And so when you sit down one-to-one -one, for everybody listening out there, like you can't go, you can't show up tomorrow and sit down one-to-one -one with somebody for the first time and expect them to open up to you. And it'd be a great, marvelous thing this yeah. takes time and what you're what the people that you lead want to see is they want to see that hey you know zach's going to be consistent in these one-to-ones like he's going to do what he says he's going to do and same day and same time every week or however how often you do them you're going to show up prepared ready to go for that person over time that builds trust and then over time people open up to you yeah absolutely so 
All right. Well, let, let's let's keep this conversation going. I, I'm glad I asked that question because I think people out there need to hear that. There needs to be scheduled one-to-one time with the people that you lead. And um, let's talk more about power selling pros. So when it comes to like customer service, um, I guess the first question I have is, is well, I guess before we go to this question, let's kind of frame this, this whole conversation. Um, you had mentioned that you really enjoy working with the trades. Um, tell the audience more of, of, of what type of trades businesses y'all, y'all work with. Predominantly, our customers fall in the HVAC and plumbing categories. Okay. Uh, that's where the vast majority of companies we work with fall. But uh, we also work with electrical, garage door, recently pest control has gotten, we've gotten a lot more involved with pest control companies, garage okay. door, of course. Um, window cleaning companies have recently also become a, an interesting market that has been interested in CSR coaching. Uh, hmm. Home services, you know, if you've got, homeowners calling you for assistance and somebody other than the owner is answering that phone call. <laughs> that's, that's kind of where we live and operate. I'm always smiling and, and laughing because that's the first key to success is have somebody answer your phone. Yeah. <laughs> Don't let it go to voicemail. Have somebody <laughs> answer it. Yeah. No, but uh, yeah. And it, it's, it's so important too, because when you, when you look at trades businesses and home service businesses, that is the first thing to grow or the first step to growth is the owners hiring somebody to answer the phones. And so when they hire somebody to answer the phones, the first thing I'm going to do is say, here's my phone. I want you to answer it. And I want you to put the call. Yeah. You know, it's uh, and that's it. Like, here you go. Answer and put the call. And then they wonder why their customer service rep is maybe yelling at people or being <laughs> rude to people and, and the reality is, 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 you know, when you're a trades business and you're growing, you know, the trade, you may or may not know the business, but, you know, typically the customer service area is a really underserved area. Oh yeah. And so in, in your opinion, what's like right now, what's, what's working in customer service right now? Um, I was going to show you something, but. Yeah, well, show me something first. Yeah, I'll, I'll show. I'll show you. I'll show you after. Actually, I think answering your question is a better way to go. Okay. Uh, the thing that's working right now. Well, let me tell you what the old game is and what the new game is. Okay. Okay. The old game, from everything that we're seeing, is competing on advertising and marketing and relying on people who just answer the phones. Mm-hmm. And that is the thing that most CSRs say when you ask them, "What is your job?" They say, "I just answer the phones." To your point, well, no freaking wonder they're not performing at a high level. Anybody who sees themselves, who describes their work, their job with the word just, mm. you should not be surprised by a lack of performance. Somebody emailed me the other day, interested in our services. Yeah, I asked her a couple of questions and she said, well, I'm just the customer service manager. Mm. And I respond in all caps you are not just the customer service <laughs> manager. You're the voice of the company. Um, the old game is we have people who answer the phones and we spend money on marketing and advertising. You still got to do those things, right? Those aren't like, that's not a road to ruin any or anything. Yeah. But the new game is everyone else is doing the exact same thing. You know, when, it, when you start comp- throwing money at Google and Facebook to get phone calls, the competitor down the street's doing the exact same thing. It's whoever spends a penny more on Google gets the lead. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you do get a phone call, you're not the first person they called. You're probably not the last. So the new game is don't just compete to get the calls, provide the best customer service possible. We have call after call after call of customers telling their CSRs, you're the reason I booked this call. You're the only company that sounded like you cared. Uh, you probably heard calls like that all the time when we were working with you in coaching. You know, the mm-hmm. coach would play those great example calls. Because the thing that works is customers don't buy from the best companies. They buy from the companies that understand them the best. Mm. If I call five plumbing companies, four of them ask me about the problem I'm facing. Tell me about that leak. 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 And the fifth company says, how's this affecting your schedule today, Zach? It's an easy choice because only one of those companies now understands how the problem is affecting my schedule. Mm. Only one of those companies knows I'm late to a meeting. I had to take time off work. My son's going to miss soccer practice. And why would I waste my time calling companies who don't understand me when I now have one company who does? This this Mm. empathy, this understanding, we have moved beyond the age of cheap, spammy, infomercial style, you know, just you can get a new unit for just a dollar 25 a day. Customers (laughs) customers aren't stupid, man. Of course, those tactics still serve a purpose. If and only if though, the customer knows you understand them and you, you empathize with them. Yeah. Empathy is the thing that works to answer your question. Mm. When I feel like you empathize with me, you can even get away with messing up, making a mistake, being a little clumsy. You know, when I, when I talk about sales with people, I think it's fascinating that everybody wants a sales script or a customer service script. Like, give me yeah. the script, you know? And I say, if it was if it was just a script, if that's all you needed, let me just go write you a book real quick. <laughs> Put all the scripts I know in there and voila, problem solved. We should all be millionaires by now. Yeah. But the fact is there are hundreds of books with scripts already written in them. And yet we're still dealing with the same problems because the script is not your problem. It's that the people who talk to the customer don't have empathy. They're not confident. They don't have that service-minded attitude where I'm going to leave you better than I found you and do what's right of what's easy. The attitude that you bring to the interaction is the thing that works. When I have two salespeople, one of them could be so slick, perfectly scripted, every says all the right things. Yeah. Something doesn't feel right about him. You know, something's off here. And then you have another one who maybe is a little clumsy, trips over his words, doesn't quite say things the right way. Yeah. But I can tell he really wants to serve me. And more importantly, he believes genuinely in what he's selling me. I'm going to go with that guy. Have you ever read a shoe dog by Phil Knight? I haven't. No. Oh, dude, you've got to read this book or listen to the audiobook. It's the best nonfiction book I have ever read in my life. Really? Did you not? It's the story of how Phil Knight built Nike. And my favorite part of the whole book is when he started his career, he sold encyclopedias door to door in Hawaii. Sucked at it. Terrible. Absolutely terrible salesman with encyclopedias. Then he went to sell mutual funds with his dad's uh, accounting firm or something like that. And he was okay at it because he understood the industry. Then he builds Nike and he starts selling these shoes that aren't even that good yet. You know, they, they made the the soles of the Nike shoes with a waffle iron in the beginning. (laughs) Wow. Um, Unreal. 
but he's amazing at selling shoes. Just an absolute savant. Yeah. He's trying to figure out why am I so good at selling shoes, but I sucked so bad at selling encyclopedias and mutual funds. And the answer is belief. Mm. I believe that if people get up and run a mile every day, the world will be a better place. And I believe that our shoes were the best ones to do it in. And when people sensed my belief, they wanted some of it for themselves. And that's why I was so good at selling it. Yeah, that's powerful. Yeah, that's powerful. So for everybody listening out here, I mean, how do you find those people with that type of attitude? Dude, it's like, it's, it's not, it's not easy, but it's easier than you think. Yeah. Um, I think people get, we get so in our heads about hiring, mm-hmm. you know, we we like, we got to have all these qualifications. We need somebody with experience. We need someone who knows service Titan. We got to filter through resumes, man, just drive up to your local Chick-fil-A. Find the happiest person there, there you go. and say, hey, man, do you want a job that pays more than this? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, go find happy people. Go find these people that have this attitude I'm talking about, this empathy. You know, there's there's a guy that I know. Um, he's not he's he's kind of one of these not super buttoned up and put together salespeople. Yeah. Uh, but man, has he got the attitude, the charisma and the empathy that just draws you to him, right? Mm. And I've said, like, dude, when you're ready, come on over. Because <laughs> it's just the attitude. I don't care that you've never worked in the trades. I don't care if you even know what the term CSR means. We yeah. can teach you all that stuff. But the attitude is the thing. You know, that who's going to take initiative? Who's going to have that empathy for the customer? That's um, good. That's empathy good. and uh, I recently heard Simon Sinek say the two most important qualities of a leader, and I apply this to pretty much everybody, are empathy and courage. Mm. You know, courage to go and build a website for the company to change how they host all their SOPs, even though no one asked you to do it, and empathy to to look at that customer and say, oh, "Man, I hate to hear that you're going through that right now, but we can definitely help you out." That's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah and I also I I want to talk a little bit about leadership as well because. For people listening out there who who's wanting to build a customer service team and wanting to um, build a team with a great attitude and who's showing empathy and truly cares, all that starts at the top. You know, you can't be a leader who who is is none of those things and then expect to lead a team who is all of those things. Yeah. And a lot of it starts with um, the company culture, the core values. You know, like, what are you preaching? What are you teaching? What are you doing? And, uh, and so I, I want to encourage people out there. It's, it's not just, just finding the right person, right? That's a piece. But if you find the right person and try to put them in a bad culture because there's bad leadership, they're not going to say, yeah, you know, so, um, it is important to always re- remember that in the, in the leadership realm. So let's dive into the eight principles y'all teach here at power Shilling pros. Absolutely. We, uh, yeah, when we when people ask us how the how questions, mm-hmm. yeah, like okay, Zach. So now I get the importance of the customer experience. I get the importance of building that relationship with the caller and making them feel understood and cared about. How do I do that? Even from a leadership standpoint, how do I create that environment? Uh, we always teach eight principles that we call make up what we call the pattern for excellence. Mm-hmm. It's be positive, be prepared. Listen, care, reassure, ask, meaning ask people to take action, 
be valuable and be grateful. Mm, um, simple. I like yeah, it. Yeah, it's very simple. And the the coolest thing about it, this is the thing that blew my mind when I first started working Power Slam Pros, is when you look at it at sequence, it's literally how great conversations flow. You know, you start off with positive energy, optimism, hope, uh, enthusiasm. I, I genuinely want to be here right now, right? Mm -hmm. But positivity. Preparation is, you know, I have a little background on you. We built some rapport. You, you've obviously done your homework on me prior to this episode, right? You come in prepared. Yeah. And then the third thing is listen, you know, ask each other questions, get to know one another, build from poor. Tell me about your problem. What's going on? Uh, what's the real challenge for you here? How's this affecting your schedule today? Number four is we empathize. Man, I hate to hear that. That's awful. And if you think about this, like if you've got a sick family member, you do the same thing. If you've got somebody who's grieving, you do the same things. If you've mm -hmm. got someone you just want to build a relationship with, you do the same things. You be positive, prepared. You listen to them. You care about them. And then you reassure them, meaning you focus on what you can do. Mm -hmm. Let them know, I care about this relationship. We can definitely help. I'm going to get this taken care of for you. I'm going to bring you a meal tonight because I know you're not feeling well. And then you ask people to take action. When would you like us to come out, Mr. Jones? Which of these options would you like to move forward with? What should we do next? Well, let's book this appointment for you. I'm going to bring you dinner tonight at six o'clock. Is that okay? Uh, then you express value to people. You kind of paint a picture of what the future looks like. Um, when our, with our CSRs, we teach them, you know, we're going to send out a licensed technician with a fully stocked truck. He's going to do a thorough inspection. Uh, in a leadership context, it's painting a picture of the future. Yeah. Like once people feel that understanding and that they trust you that, to take care of them, now you paint a picture of where we're going. You, you show them that value that's ahead for them. There you go. And finally, gratitude is the is the thing that keeps it all together. You know, people got to know you're thankful for them. It's just this beautiful flow. It is. It is. Yeah. And I want to dive into some of these, but when I'm thinking about a home service company. One of the biggest pain points I hear is, you know, how do I increase my sales, right? My sales are down, my average tickets down. I want to, my technicians to be selling more. And we get so hyper-focused on the technician and on, you know, that end result that we forget how powerful our customer service reps, how much influence they have in setting that technician up for success. And then when it comes to marketing, you know, one of the biggest pain points we hear is, well, you know, my marketing's just not working and it's all the marketing company's fault. It has to be their fault. It's not my fault. Right. But they neglect their customer service reps. It's a fit. It, it's a it's a you got to meet the marketing company halfway there and uh, you have to be able to book the calls that come in. And so whenever we're looking at these eight principles, I want to talk about like one of the biggest objections that we get period in the trades. You can probably say what it is, right? It's price. You mm -hmm. know, how much do you charge to come out? So what do you typically say using your eight principles? Like how do you usually coach customer service reps around that objection? Yeah, there's a few different things. Number one, there's the mindset that you have to have with it. And number two, there's the actual tactics you can use. Yeah. If I just go in and teach you the tactics and they don't work, I had this happen to me one time. I taught these CSRs the tactics for overcoming price objections. Yeah. And then on a group training call, one of the CSRs calls me out and she says, Zach, I'm sorry, but I am trying all of this stuff you're teaching us and it does not work. 
Now, as a trainer, that's the worst moment you could possibly ask for. (laughs) You're like, if I don't answer this question right, we're done. We're fired. We're out of this company forever. So uh, it may be the best response I've ever given to a training objection. (laughs) I said, let's listen to your phone calls. Oh, Oh, no. So I said, let's listen to the calls. And sure enough, she was technically using the right scripting, but she didn't sound like she cared. It was very robotic. Like, uh, you know, we kind of going back to that. You're slick and scripted, but you don't sound like you care. It was, it was very obvious because there's two things that it, two mindsets you have to have first. Number one, customer cares about the price. Of course. Yes. Every customer cares about price. Absolutely. But there's a difference between a price concern and a price objection. Mm. Everybody has price concerns. You know, you, me, customers, all of us do. Price mm-hmm. objections are completely different. That's when the customer's actively not making progress because of their concern about the price, which is less common. That's the first thing to understand. The second thing is, I know that customers have price concerns, but the fact is they're going to do business with someone. Mm-hmm. It's either you or the other guys or the other guys or someone else. Yeah, And you're... And I know we all like to think that we're like supremely differentiated, but your pricing is not so different from the competition that it's really going to sway your customer that powerfully. Also, eventually that customer after their second, third or fourth call is going to realize no matter who I'm booking with, I'm paying a service call fee and I'm going to have to wait till the technician comes out here to give me a final estimate. You know, it, yeah. it doesn't matter who I do business with. And so they're going to default to, well, then who do I trust the most? One of our clients, Barker and Sons Plumbing, says said this beautifully. She said, yeah, customers want to know the price, but ultimately what they really want to know is, can I trust you? Mm. Because once they recognize that you're not the only person who charges the way that you charge, they're going to choose the company they trust the most. So once we have those two things very clear, it's yeah. the difference between concerns and objections. And customers are going to choose the company they trust the most over the one with the best price. Now we get into the tactics, which are if that customer asks me at the beginning of the phone call, hey, how much you guys charge for us? How much you guys charge to fix my air conditioner? First thing I say is, well, tell me more. What's going on? That's plan A. Right? Just mm-hmm. tell me about the situation. Help me understand a little better. And then I say, well, we can definitely help you with that. When would you like us to come out? That's usually where they ask again. Yeah, well, before I book anything, Zach, I just want to know how much you charge. Can you just give me a ballpark? You guys have been in the business for a long time. You've seen this situation a million times before. Can't you just give me a range to which I use plan B, which is, that's a great question, Mrs. Jones. Let me just tell you how we work. What we do is we send out a licensed technician who's backed by our company that's been in business for 20 years, as you mentioned. You're going to be, so you're in very good hands with our guys. And when they get there, they do a thorough inspection of the unit to determine the root cause of the problem. Every situation is a little bit different, after which they'll sit down with you, do a little in-home consultation, and present you with a few different pricing options so you can choose what's best for your budget. To have him come out and do all that, it's only $89. So, Ms. Jones, when would you like us to come out? Now, as you do each of these plans, plan A, some customers are going to book. Plan B, you get some more of the book, but you're always going to have some that, what, what do you mean you can't give me a price over the phone? What are you talking about? I'm not paying $89 <laughs> for you to come out. There's always going to be someone. Yes, of course. Uh, so then we go to plan C. 
and plants use IRAP, I-R-A-P. It's an objection handling technique that we use yeah. where you start by isolating the concern. So Mrs. Jones, is the $89 dispatch fee the, your main concern or is not knowing the full estimate for the actual work the main thing holding you back? Mm -hmm. now, when you vocalize that, the customer feels a little bit better because now they know, well, at least, at least he's honest. Like at least he gets why I'm upset. He understands where my objection is yeah. and they'll say, yes, that's my concern. I don't want to pay $89 for somebody to come out here and tell me what I already know, or I don't want to, I don't want to wait to get the final estimate. Yeah. Which I say, absolutely. I, I completely understand. Uh, if I, and then we use an, if I will use statement yeah. and I encourage you to have a toolbox for your CSRs so they can use an, if I will use statement, for example, if I waive the service call fee so that we can get our guy out there and give you an estimate. Would that be enough for you to move forward with us today? Or if I apply a 10% off coupon to whatever, so we can take 10% off whatever the technician quotes you when he gets there, would that be enough for you to move forward with us today? And then you hopefully book the call. Mm -hmm. Now, again, now we got another section of people that have booked. There's still a few more. I know. Okay, I'm, <laughs> I'm, well, price. <laughs> I, I'm well aware that there are some stubborn people out there. Uh, so then we go to plan D. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got something for everything, man. Yeah. Plan D is 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 basically to level with them and say, Mr. Jones, I definitely understand that this is frustrating for you. What if we do this? Right, now, now Mr. Jones hears me like basically saying, what, what if we do this? Okay, let, let's work with what we got. Yeah. What if we book this appointment for you so that you know someone from our company is going to be there no later than Friday? Yeah. And you're not going to pay any more than $89 for the estimate. Yeah. And we can be your backup plan. If you find something else in the meantime, just give us a call. We'll take you off the schedule because we know that other reputable companies in the area have very similar pricing structure. And I'd hate to see you have to wait longer or even pay more for somebody else. Mm. So what if we book this for you? And if you do find something else, just give us a call. We'll take you off the schedule. Can I do that for you? Hopefully you book it at that point. If you don't, you call them back later at the end of the day after they've called everyone else and they realize that it's pretty much the same story everywhere. And then you ask if they've gotten taken care of and you book it. <laughs> well, Zach, I think everybody listening out there, you probably lost them at step one because their CSRs probably say, Oh, we don't give prices over the phone. All right. Oh. Thanks. Bye. You know oh. what I mean? So it's, yeah, it, it's, it's as you're going through that, I'm having flashbacks of the training and the re the reality is it's one thing to to take these steps you learned today and to go in and help your team be equipped with them. But it's another thing to coach your team on a continuous basis, like what y'all do there at Power Selling Pros, because there's so many different scenarios. There's um, so much confidence that needs to be built in the customer service reps, because all it takes is one or two bad customers to knock somebody down and, and have somebody there to help pick them back up and get them back on track is important. And so in all this conversation today, just realizing that if you're running a home service business and you're not investing in your customer service team, you're really missing an opportunity to increase your sales. You really are. You're really missing opportunity to uh, make an impact and maximize your investment in your marketing. And you're really missing an opportunity to create a, an overall customer experience that's unmatched. Because like you said, you know, everybody's answering their phones for the most part. Um, and everybody has, you know, 
clean stock trucks and everybody has five-star reviews. You know, I remember 10 years ago, that was all the rage. Got to get your five-star reviews. It's still important, right? But everybody has them. So what's going to make you different? And the people, people first mentality, I think really make a big difference. So um, just in closing today, how can people reach out and find out more about Power Selling Pros? Uh, PowerSellingPros.com slash free. That is the, uh, that's the domain that we send people who listen to us on podcasts to. It's a place where you can get some free training samples, you know, get a taste of what some of this stuff can do for your team, you know, fire those things up, share it with your team in a meeting next week. And uh, from there you can, you can book a call with us and we can get you a custom CSR training plan. Very cool. Very cool. Well, Zach, thank you for taking this time out of your busy schedule today and congratulations on the CEO of Power Sling Pros. That's really impressive. I, I'm really happy I asked more questions about your story because the story of taking initiative today uh, just blew my mind, dude. Nice work. <laughs> nice work, man. I I, I, I want to leave people like that too, you know? It's yeah. awesome to see people uh, take the initiative. And I do leave people like that. And I hope everybody else out there has people who are wanting to go above and beyond because like when you were stating, hey, you know, I'm just a customer service rep. What I think is I'm just doing enough to get by. I'm just doing what I get paid to do. And the reality is, is, you know, encouraging people to go above and beyond that is investing in people. And it could be through power selling pros. It is going to be through your leadership and your vision and your communication, the one to ones and all those things. So thank you for sharing so much value to the Built for the Trades audience. It's been awesome. My pleasure, Dan. Thanks so much. Great questions. Well, everybody listening out there, this is just a reminder. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and share this with somebody out in the trades that you know could get value from what Zach has shared today. And then also just take a minute out of your day and just leave us a review. We take every review serious on our podcast and it helps guide our future conversations as we navigate through adding value in the trades. Uh, just realizing that leadership and growth like this is a lifetime journey. So, Zach, I learned a lot from you today. Thanks again. And uh, have a great day. Thanks, Dan.